This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. A couple of armchair GMs who have yet to be wrong with any of their Timberwolves takes. <laughs> right. It's Flagrant Howls with Phil Mackey and Kyle Tyke. It's a choose-your-own-adventure off the top of this <laughs> podcast here, Kyle. And you get to choose which path you want to start the show with. Do you want to talk about a buzzkill loss in which the Rockets won their first game uh, in 13 tries over the Timberwolves? Like, like 13 losses in a row against the league, and then they beat the Timberwolves last night. Or do you want to dive into some juicy, speculative trade fodder? I think we should do trades. Uh, I'm well aware that the the Rockets hadn't won since the day after Christmas. Um, oh, I I continue to believe. Doesn't matter what happened last night. They're the worst team in the league. They have no veteran leadership. Um, but the Wolves also. This is I guess the recap of the game. Had said so many things about the Rockets. It's so hard to keep just beating a bad team. The Wolves never get up for bad teams. But man, I all I could think about last night was whether it be Austin Rivers or Anthony Edwards. They had just said so many kind of taking so many shots at, like, Jalen Green and be like, oh, the offense should run through Sangoon and stuff. Who, Yes, that's right, and he's good. But I think Jalen Green had enough, and he's like, you know what, I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of being crapped on by this opposing team, so I'm going to go drop a career-high, I think, 42 points. And um, th- one of the most predictable losses I can think of, uh, not not to get into gambling corner, but as soon as Chris Finch said pregame, uh, he was, like, kind of mad that they do these, like, home-and-home oh. series against teams again, yes. uh, Chris Finch is right in that like this it, this stuff is kind of weird it's one thing if you like host a team back to back like the uh the Blazers hosted the Wolves back to back games that saves travel but when you gotta go like we play Houston on Saturday and we go to Houston on Monday it's kind of a dumpster but as soon as Finch said that I knew he was coming as a guy who was like my team is not going to be motivated for tonight dude hammered the Rockets money line so that was a profitable moment but um <laughs> but yeah that, that was just a bad loss and it's okay to lose one or two of them, but we're getting to a point now. It's like you can't keep losing these games. But okay, let's, let's get reckless. Let's put a pin in that because okay. I actually have a I have a Chris Finch take. Ooh, oh, I need to run by. Let's here. get some reckless speculation going though with some trades. Okay, so reckless we'll start with this one here. Couple couple nuggets here. Let's start with the juiciest one from Hoops Hype. Minnesota Timberwolves center Nazarene has drawn interest from various teams on the trade market, including. The Clippers and the Nuggets, league sources told Hoops Hype. With the Timberwolves reportedly gauging the trade market on point guard D'Angelo Russell, could the Clippers entice Minnesota executive Tim Connolly with guard Terrence Mann as part of a trade package or the Nuggets with guard Bones Highland, with whom uh, that's who Tim Connolly drafted in Denver a few years ago? Reed, who will become an unrestricted free agent this summer, could potentially command an average annual salary around the full taxpayer or non-taxpayer mid-level exception as one of the notable free agents on the market. In seven games as a starter, Nas Reed averages 14, uh, 15 points in 26 minutes, a plus 15 rating per basketball reference. So your thoughts, there's a lot of plates spinning here. There's yep. the D'Angelo Russell <clears throat> plate. And by the way, like 
He's been playing out of his mind largely he recently, was, so yeah, good timing. Last night. If they do trade him, it's good timing, um, and we'll get to a nugget on that too. But your thoughts just on the framework of, and I don't know if this is part speculation by Hoops Hype or if they're getting some information about Clippers and, and Nuggets players that might be available, uh, but what do Terrence Mann and or Bones Highland do for you? Well, Bones Highland makes Jalen Noel look insecure. Like, that's how much confidence that guy has. That guy, you watch some of the shots he takes. Uh, I really like Bones Highland. And then there's the Tim Connolly connection. Um, that would be a, a a player that you're probably just thinking, like, you know, this all of this, it doesn't matter what names you put into this, right? It's all about the fact that by making the Rudy Gobert trade, you are starting to limit yourself on what you can do. They're probably not going to re-sign D'Angelo Russell and Jalen Noel and Nas Reed and just run it all the way back. Yeah, There's going to be turnover. Nas Reed is a very good player, and I'm sure a lot of teams would like him as either their backup center or maybe like a kind of a... Like, I think Nas Reed cutting and doing things with alongside Nikola Jokic, like at a 4-5, he would be great in Denver. So, um, Bones Highland is, you know, under that Jordan Clarkson, Jamal Crawford, like kind of microwave score, but the Wolves need one of those, especially... Uh, maybe we'll do this later, but uh, you and I probably are no longer Jalen Noel's agent. Um, he has really fallen off a cliff and lost us a lot of money. Uh, that's that's my bad. But, but Terrence Mann's the same way. Terrence Mann's an athletic guy. He, I think he shoots 37% from three. He's a good player. He's physical. I could see him being out there running, you know, rotations alongside Ant and Jaden and stuff. So two good players. But, yeah, I, I think the bigger thing of this all is that Nas Reed is going to be in trade rumors for the next two and a half weeks. Yeah. D'Angelo Russell is going to be in trade rumors the next couple of weeks because, again, if, if the Wolves are saying, like, hey, we don't think we can re-sign them, we got to get something back for them, um, and other teams are like, well, we want to trade for them now so we can kind of have them in-house so that we have an advantage to sign them this summer. I mean, that's what you, teams do all the time. So I believe this stuff is real. I believe both those guys that would come back would be beneficial to the Wolves, but uh, that's going to be the next two weeks is every day you're going to see Timberwolves in countless trade rumors. Yeah, this is, this is an interesting one because – you, you have you have to sort of make these decisions also looking out to the summer. Like if you had plans to trade Carl Anthony Towns mm-hmm. or if you had plans to just like pull the plug on the Rudy Gobert thing and trade him for 50 cents on the dollar, mm-hmm. wouldn't you then be more likely to try and extend Nas Reed? So yeah. you're, are, yeah. you're, aren't you kind of like reverse engineering, but you might not have a full idea of what you want to do long term because – you want Cat to come back and see what it all looks like. So you, mm-hmm. you you might have to make a decision on Nas Reed before you're really ready to, which mm-hmm. is kind of kind of unfortunate just the way that the Cat injury played out in this case, right? Right. And th- this is all sports, not just the NBA, but we are you are going to wake up for the next two and a half weeks every day to seeing trade rumors. These articles always kind of get posted in the morning to get a lot of traction. Um there's also a chance that the Denver Nuggets called Tim Connolly and said what would you want for Nas Reed? Rather than you know the wolves shopping him, uh, you're, you you all these people in these front offices are making calls all the time. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, we also haven't even mentioned like, okay, is Carl here long term? Is Rudy here long term? What about Nas Reed? Like, well, what about yeah. Luca Garza? Like, maybe he's there. I mean, he's starting to shoot from three. He's shooting, I think, a better clip this this month than Nas is from three. Um, we had that. We had the Nate Knight game. A couple, yeah, Nate Knight too is like another ago. not not a traditional center, but at the time being, with some of the injuries, Chris Finch is like has Nate stapled to the rotation and not Nate Knight's given him really good minutes. He was a big reason they won that last Rockets game at home. So uh, I will, ju- I mean, I don't believe the Timberwolves will have five centers 
uh, when they start training camp next September. So yeah, this is one of those moves where if you're trying to readjust a roster who no one that follows this team thinks this roster is perfectly orchestrated or, or constructed, um, maybe you got to move out a big guy to get in another guard because all of a sudden this team's kind of low on guard. So all the rumors make sense, and it's going to be more of that these next couple weeks. The Wolves are pretty tight-lipped with their front office. It's kind of what you hear. Like, they're, they're not leaking a lot of stuff. So if you hear this stuff, it might be other teams being like, yeah, we called on Nas, we called on whatever, yeah. and we'll see. Well, the, the, the two names are interesting in that if – and again, this could just be – this could be fully speculation from hoops hype on, on the actual names. I don't know for sure, but you know, t- bones Highland, I think is more intriguing than a, than a Terrence man. Terrence man's a really oh, good sure. player. For sure. He's a, he's like a, like a Torian Prince sort of cutout, right? Mm-hmm, he's a mm-hmm. good, solid wing player, six, five. He's going to sit out there. He can shoot threes. He's just a good scrappy wing player. And he's pretty cheap. He's uh, his two year, $22 million extension kicks in uh, next year. Bones Highland is actually even cheaper. He's under team control for making almost nothing until uh, after the 2025 uh, spring Mm -hmm. in his only start for the Nuggets this year. So he usually plays like he's like an 18 to 20 minutes, like you said, like a microwave uh, popcorn scoring combo guard. But he can run some more point. But they let him start one time because of injuries. 20 points, 11 assists, five rebounds, 33 minutes, just in a glimpse of what he could look like as kind of the driver of of an offense there. Big-time three-point shooter, young. So guys like that, if you're looking for, okay, who can help if you're going to keep Gobert, how can you surround him with just a bunch of lights-out shooters that don't make that much money, right? Mm Because you don't – that's the difference between, like, a Bones Highland and a D'Angelo Russell. Well, D'Lo, even if his price comes down at a discount, is still going to need, like, 20 to $25 million to be a scoring punch. He's going to need a certain amount of – usage rate uh to make him happy so i can see the logic in just trying to get like younger cheaper but maintain some shooting yep with some of these 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 guard and um and wing positions and i mean you know the nuggets are going to be buyers the clippers are going to be buyers there's an article today that the clippers might go uh all in on some stuff uh oh man Okay, we're back. Sorry, my phone, someone called me, and I, was, I wasn't on Do Not Disturb. I, oh, just I was like, I, I thought you saw, like, a breaking trade. I thought you saw a Woj bomb there. I was like, <laughs> no, oh, no, my no, God, no. what happened? No, oh, no, shout out to my friend Chad trying to call me. No, uh, <laughs> I, you're just going to see the Wolves kind of repositioning their roster. Again, they're going to be active because, like you said, they maybe they want to just get some cheaper guys. And I think, I do, I think Bones Highland has his flaws. But I, without looking at the numbers, I think Bones Highland is just a younger, higher ceiling guy than, like, Jalen. And as, again, without... Jalen, they haven't gotten anything from Jalen Noel in weeks now. It's like, well, maybe you just plug him in. Terrence Mann, like you said, a little older, 26, gives you a little more defense. But um, as we've always said throughout this Tim Connolly stuff, like he wasn't paid all he was paid and signed as long as he was signed to just trade for Rudy Gobert and then do yeah. nothing else. Like he is going to – this roster is still very much Gerson Rosas's roster and Sasha Gupta's roster. Like he's going to want to change things and – if you know you're not going to keep a guy, then, again, these next two and a half weeks is the time to maybe pull the plug. And another guy that is going to keep coming up, even though he's been phenomenal, uh, is D'Angelo Russell. Well, and we'll get to that more in depth in a second. I have one more Nas Reed question oh, yeah, for hit, you. Hit. So I feel like we're just littered in Wolves history with just, like, regrettable trades, right? The the, the player that yep. got away or – and it can be even going back to my, – my biggest one is actually – 
the Marbury for Ray Allen swap on draft night in 1996. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. It's like, well, what? No, I mean, Marbury and KG, they got to the playoffs. Yeah, but imagine if you would have paired Ray Allen with Kevin Garnett for, like, even, even with the Wolves finally getting to the playoffs for the first time in franchise history, the what if of, man, if, if you had drafted Ray Allen and put mm-hmm. him with KG for 10 years in their prime, what could they have done? So there's all sorts of those, right? There's Andrew Wiggins thriving in in uh, Golden State and mm-hmm. Tyus Jones. And Tyus Jones. There's all kinds of examples. How much do you fear that with Nas Reed? Like we've seen some Nas Reed potential. Is he a guy that you're going to wind up trading, and he's just going to go explode somewhere? Reckless speculation. What do you think? I think I love everything else about Nas Reed. And I really like the way he plays. Like, I love when he does something cool and we all just look square into the camera and just say Nas Reed. Or when his teammates do that. Um, last night on the broadcast, Jim Pete brought up that he actually, like, I think leads the team in block percentage. So mm. maybe not total blocks, but, I mean, you know, he... I, I just... Dude, he's undrafted. He was out of shape. He was kind of going nowhere. And he's turned himself into a guy that, as the article says, probably going to command 8 to $10 million a year. That's great. Um, but he also still has limitations. I think he's shooting, like I said, 21% from three this season or this, this in 2023, um, doesn't rebound very well. He'll have some big nights, but he, you know, his rebound percentage, it's just, I'm not trying to criticize the guy cause I do want him to stay. It's just, no, is, no. If you criticize him, it makes us feel better about trading him. But this so is, this, this is, bury like the, him. this is the blown off a finger thing. Like I can't imagine they pulled a string on the Rudy Gobert thing yet. I mean, clearly not going to happen before the deadline, but. Yeah. Like, I think that he starts next season here and they give it another year. So if you know Rudy's here and you are pretty sure that they want to keep Carl and keep trying this, again, it's just it's a numbers game. You're not going to pay those two guys $90 million and then pay Nas $10 million to every fourth game play six minutes. So yeah. I think that's part of the reason they've acclimated Luca Garza a little more. They've started to give Nate Knight a little more run, another guy who's been through the system. But, yeah, at some point they're going to trade someone and we're all going to be pissed. <laughs> like, they're going to trade well, someone that's like, that's I really like that guy. The same thing happened with Tyus. It's like they lowballed Tyus. They didn't give him, I mean, under, t- like, uh, when Rosas was here, like, they didn't give him much of a kind of a runway. And then he went down to Memphis, and he's the best backup point guard in the league. You know, I think the way I'm sort of reconciling this is I, I love Nas Reed as a player, but there there are a lot of games, I don't know, like one in every four, one in every five games where it's just not really a Nas Reed game. Mm-hmm. And he'll mm-hmm. just he'll just have like a a minus 16 or something in 12 yep. bull in a china shot minutes or he just like spastically fouls uh, three times in five minutes. So, so he has these weird like blue screen of death moments that kind of drive <laughs> you crazy. And I think what you have to figure out is at $1.9 million, which is what he makes right now, he made 1.8 last year, 1.5, and then he made less than a million in his first season. Like crazy production for the price. One mm-hmm. of the most valuable Timberwolves in terms of what he's getting paid the last four years. Just a spark plug, a guy that if, if Towns is out, you can put him in there for 25, 30 minutes. And he's largely going to give you good minutes, right? He's a he's a, a contributing, largely winning player. But Nas Reed at one point nine million versus Nas Reed at ten fifteen yep, exactly. million. Yeah, yep, yep. That's where okay, if I can get a Bones Highland for two million dollars or four million dollars or whatever mm-hmm. he's making the next couple of years, 
because you've got guys that are making forty million on this roster. Okay, that's how that I think that's kind of how even if he kind of goes and plays really well, I don't know that he's a guy that has like uh, a jump to play thirty five minutes a night, eighteen mm-hmm. points. Like you said, he's an okay rebounder, but I don't I don't think he's going to go and like make you regret. Oh my God, there was a thirty two thirty five minutes per night guy that scores nineteen points, grabs thirteen rebounds, and blocks a bunch of shots. So. It's it, you just you're kind of you're kind of moving off of the 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 price for another guy that makes less money and and rotating that way. Andrew Wiggins, you know, really had his career. He was a real he was a good player in Minnesota. Let's not throw shade at that. But then he his career kind of took off when he went to Golden State. He was a number one overall pick from Kansas. Yeah. Like Tyus Jones was a lottery pick or you know a first round pick from Duke. Nas Reed was undrafted from LSU. Like it's he I, I I'm with you. I think he can give you four nights. Every fifth game, he'll have just a not Nas Reed game, and that's fine. Sometimes, you know, other teams that have centers, like, oh, we're just going to start small tonight. We're not the Clippers. We're not going to play Zubac that much. We're just going to play a bunch of guards. Um, I think the Wolves would be cool doing that. I think the I think Nas Reed could be the starting Timberwolves center next year. But you've committed so much to Rudy Gobert that it's like, yeah. I mean, last last night example, Chris Finch had moments where he just didn't want to play Rudy, so he played Nate at night at the five. Well, the beauty of that is, is Nate makes a you know six hundred thousand, Nas makes one point eight million, but. You can't sit Rudy because he makes $40 million. Yeah. So all of this is just kind of looking at the cards we were dealt. And it's like, yeah, that you have kind of for now decided who your four and five is for this franchise. So that leaves guys like Nas out. But I think the way you word that about like player X is awesome at $1 million, but player X is not so awesome at $10 million, That's, you know, you don't want to have to pay the guy sometimes. Don't make me compare this to the Kirk Cousins contract. If I could get Kirk Cousins on a rookie-scale contract, great value. Kirk yep. Cousins as the third-highest cap hit, not so much. On the on the Gobert front, and we'll get into the d stuff, I promise, but last night was such a classic microcosm of the whole season with mm-hmm. Gobert where, you know, I, I watched the whole game, but let's just say I didn't watch the game. And I just looked at the box score and saw, wow, okay. 36 minutes, 15 points, 16 rebounds, a bunch of offensive rebounds, four blocks, five of eight from the field. So he scored 15 points on eight shots. Mm-hmm. Kind of a quintessential Rudy Gobert game right there. Pretty mm-hmm. good stuff. But then when you, if you just watch the game without looking at the box score, to me it just felt and looked clunky. Yep. They did hit a couple nice little D'Lo and Gobert starting to get on the same page with these lobs, these little yep. pick and roll lobs. So that was a good sign. But there were moments where it was like, I'm yelling at my TV. Dude, you're out there to, to clean up. Why are the Rockets getting four offensive rebounds on a possession? Just, like, literally grab the ball. That's why you're out there. So I don't know what the disconnect is sometimes between, boy, if that's an efficient box score versus what you actually see with your eyes. And there's probably some Jazz fans that are like, yeah, dude. Yeah. We need those Jazz fans <laughs> back in the comments to calm us down. No, I mean, I. what do you want to do? Heads or tails? I can go really positive, Rudy, or really negative. Like, I really think Rudy I need Gobert, some positivity here. I we'll, think Rudy Gobert. I think the league conspiracy, Kyle. I think the league actually hates Rudy Gobert. I don't know if it's because of the COVID thing that happened. He was kind of the face of it, or whatever. When we all didn't really know what was going on, I actually think that like he, when I watch him, gets shoved in the back or held by smaller players all the time. There was you. Sorry, you brought this up. You're going to get just a tangent on me now. Between load management, I love the NBA, NBA guy. Between load management and the officiating this year, I really think the league is in a weird spot. Officiating is horrible. And I'm not saying they lost. The Wolves are horrible. They lost last night because they sucked. But there was like that moment where you said it. D'Lo threw a lob to Rudy. 
Roddy got, or Rudy got, like, clipped in the face, like, in the head. Like, they would have reviewed it under the protocol or the concussion protocol in football. Hangs on the rim, is mad because he got, should have been an and one, looks at the ref and is like, WTF, and instead of getting a free throw, gets a technical. It's a two-point swing. They only lost by, like, four or five points. Like, those things just, he gets such a bad whistle, and it's so frustrating. Now, Tails, there was a moment where he had, like, a small guy on him, a guy I don't even know, Ty Ty Washington or something, and he's calling for the ball. So they threw it to him, and he had no idea what to do. I think he spun left and kind of, like, underhanded this thing that went off the glass, over the yeah. backboard. And like, so it's just this weird, if I see you asking for something and I give it to you, and then you have go— a, Have a plan. Yeah, have a plan. Like, <laughs> if you're like, dude, I am so hungry, feed me. And I give you some food, and you're like, I don't know where to put this. It's yeah. like, dude, put it in your bleeping mouth. Like, what do you want me to do? So that's the good and bad <laughs> of the Rudy. But, yeah, to your, to your point, 15 points, 16 rebounds, four blocks, only two turnovers, five for eight shooting. But also, too— he had a lot of Mackies. Like, he had a lot. He They just didn't go to the rim much. He had a lot of deterrence on the rim. Uh, he had 16 rebounds, but the rest of the starters, I think, only had a combined 10. So, yeah. Yep. I, I, we need those Jazz fans back. This is the, this is the need, good and the therapy. bad of the Rudy Gobert experience. But, um, yeah, to back to the Nas thing, it's just Rudy is going to be your center until you decide to not make him your center. And if that's the case, someone's going to get cut, whether it be a Garza or a Nas Reed or a Nate Knight. And, Whoever it is, people are going to be mad, but you got to make someone. You can't have five centers next year. I do think maybe maybe we are the jinx because earlier this week we did the Kyle Anderson appreciation episode, and he has just been – he's had like his two worst games of the year. Mm-hmm. Last night he played 12 minutes, had five fouls in 12 minutes, made one shot, two points, no rebounds. Like if he is just at all Kyle Anderson, the Wolves win that game by eight points last night. And he, because he follows a foul machine, he's out of the game, and now they're, now they're like going deeper into their – or a thin bench right he now. He even so. posted on IG after the Saturday or Sunday game against the Rockets. Like, I was, I think he put the turd emoji. Like, he was like, I was terrible tonight. He was also terrible against the Rockets again. But he was another one that got some weird whistles. Like, there was that moment where he fouled Jalen Green, who is an interesting player. Uh, and then Jalen Green just threw the ball at Kyle Anderson. And right. then they teed and up then, Kyle and Anderson. He, and then he gets the tech. Yeah. <laughs> it was just weird. like crazy. Again, they didn't lose because of the officiating, but the Wolves, man, they get. I said this to Dane last Friday. I think Chris Finch has to just get tossed. Like, I think last night was a great example. Dude, just go on the court and make a mockery of it and see yeah. if you can kind of win some goodwill. I don't know if people listening to this think that's immature. I think that's actually how good coaches do it sometimes. Like, don't let the refs show up your players. Kyle Anderson was fighting their own security person last night who was on the floor. He was like, get off me. Like, I have this under control. But he was clearly yeah. on one. Um, I just, I don't know. I think at some point they're going to have to either back channel complain to the league or else Chris Finch is just going to have to throw a whiteboard like Steve Kerr did that one time and just be like, get me out of here and let me protect my players. Because I know, and you know this, covering sports for as long as you have, like, I I think players respect that. I think players see if you're in my foxhole, like if you're going to defend me, maybe I won't complain as much because you got my back. So, I don't know. That was my rant on officiating. Let's do the Finch thing right now. Let's do the Finch thing Okay, good. Okay, let's do it. I have this no is, idea where this is going to go. This is bad timing. And again, uh, we will get to the D'Lo stuff. We promise. <laughs> That'll be a good running bit if we just keep saying we're going to get to the D'Lo Matt stuff. Matt Damon, we're out of time. It's, it's April 10th, and we're like, we're going to get to the D'Lo stuff, I promise. <laughs> um, in fact, you know what? I feel like I might be sharpening my knife, if you will, when it comes to my Chris <laughs> Finch opinion. Just like my friends at Vivrant sharpened my kitchen knives 
a few weeks back. So this is an amazing new service and a new partner of ours here on Flagrant Howls and across Score North Podcast. Minnesota-based company. They actually have uh, a great store in YZ where you can go in, uh, meet my friend Joseph, who has immersed himself into uh, helping people just heighten their experience in the kitchen. They have Japanese knives and skills classes, so stop in. It, it's in YZ. But what you do is you you mail your knives into Vivrant. They send you mailman-friendly. You're not going to stab your mailman. They send you friendly packaging. It's all very safe. And uh, within a few days, you ship your knives out. They sharpen them professionally. You get them back. They'll send you replacement knives if you want to. And uh, my wife and I, as two people trying to adult more often and (laughs) cook our own meals, this has just made our goal of being healthier and spending more time with each other in the kitchen just come to fruition even more here. So vivrant.com, that's V-I-V-R-O-N-T.com, the first 100 SCORE listeners to use the promo code SCORE will receive a free vegetable peeler with your order. And also, with every order, Vivrant will support paying off school lunch account balances in our local school. So That's um, It's awesome across the board. V-I-V-R-O-N-T dot com, promo code SCORE. Okay. So this is bad timing. This is like going to the grocery store hungry. You're just like, you're going to deviate from what you maybe previously thought because, damn it, you just saw some frozen mini corn dogs or something, and you're starving. I... Just got done watching the Hulu Lakers documentary. Not the uh, the scripted series was amazing too. The HBO one. No, the, yeah, this is the real one. It's like the real deal where they mm-hmm. literally interview like forty years worth of Bus family and Shaq and all these people, right? Pat Riley, Phil Jackson. So you're getting heavy doses of Pat Riley and Phil Jackson throughout this entire documentary. Maybe the two. The, the George Washington and whoever else on the Mount Rushmore of great coaches, right? Commanding coaches. Right. Culture coaches. I have given, I'm not calling for his head, but I feel like Chris Finch might be more of a great offensive coordinator. He's a great mastermind. He belongs right next to a head coach on the bench. But you brought it up earlier in the podcast. You're playing the Rockets, dude. They've beat you 13 times in a row. First of all, Get your team to stop clowning them through the media. Why are Timberwolves players going on podcasts and telling reporters how immature and terrible the Rockets are, right? It's the most immature team I've ever seen. It's the right. Why are you giving them any of that fuel? Be more disciplined. You're the Timberwolves, for God's sake. It's like, have some self awareness. And then, why are you, before this game starts, complaining about having to face the Rockets back to back games? The, you know, it is a weird, quirky schedule. I agree with you, Kyle. But why are you planting that seed in anyone's head? And this is from him verbatim, that the team that lost the first game has a distinct advantage in the second game. Why? Why would you even speak that into existence? Give your team confidence. Be a leader. Get ejected if you feel like your team isn't getting a great whistle. He just kind of, like, he's so likable I do think he is a mastermind in certain ways, but I think there's a beta quality about him that rubs me the wrong way. And I, I've been trying to put my finger on, like, what is it about him that just seems a little off compared to some of the top, like the Eric Spolstras, the guys mm-hmm. that, like, I just, I think he's like everyone's cool, passive uncle that knows a lot about basketball. And I think the players like him, but I don't know that the players, like, fear and respect him in the way that they would a Popovich, a Spolstra, and you have to earn that credibility. Mm-hmm, I get mm-hmm. it. But, like, Spolstra had that right away. 
Mm-hmm. I think Quinn Snyder actually sort of has that. That just like that little edge to your personality that don't f with us sort of a thing. And fi- I, Finch's personality is a little bit of a wet fish, and it bothers me. And I had to get that off my chest. I, I, you feel better? That was really good. Okay, that was like. <laughs> Especially after the sharpening the knives, like that's vivrant.com. V I V R O N T dot com. Bring your pitchforks. No, sharpen I don't your know. Th- th- this this could take forever. But I mean, when when the Wolves were out here uh, in Portland for two games, they got I think the first game, Damian Lillard shot ninety four free throws, and Finch was pretty subtle post game when I asked him a question. But he was like, basically, was like, I don't know what else you want my guys to do. Like, took a shot at the officiating, but like kind of in the beta way, like you said. He didn't just come out and say, like, you know, like, A-Rod was at the game last night. I don't know if A-Rod has any money, but, like, hey, A-Rod, like, I'm just going to rip the officials, and will you pay my fine? Teams do that all the time. Just take a shot. Like, really, truly put your neck out there because, and I I will say this, too. I am admitting that I might just be hyper-focused on a specific thing that I didn't notice in the past. Chris Chris Finch came in here under a weird situation. Rosas is running the thing. Ryan Saunders was pushed out. Um, and was just kind of like, we have no expectations. Let's have fun. And it was the perfect move, I thought, because it, everyone played freer and looser, and it built up guys' value, whatever. Yeah. And I don't know if now he's starting to feel the seat. Everyone he, listening to this who has, is in cold weather, like you have a car start, like he's just starting to feel the seat warm up, but it's not hot. Um, but he just does some things where, like, when every time Jalen Noel misses a shot on the basket in front of the Wolves bench, I think Chris Finch has a stroke. And, like, I can see it. I can see him be like, oh, my God. Like, he has, like, a lot of demeanor on the bench where it's like, I wonder if Jalen saw that. Like, I wonder if he caught out of the corner of his eye, like, oh, my God. Like, or if D'Lo makes, you know, a bad turnover. You see him, like, point to the end of the bench and be like, all right, yeah. enough of that. Uh, and I don't, again, I don't know if he's just stressed because he is trying to get this message across. I mean, there is a level of expectation that the players also just, like, take care of business. It's what you get paid to do. Yeah. Uh, so whatever. So not pushing back on the, like, you know, he can only do so much. I'm not defending him. But, yeah, I just, I I saw those comments pregame. I think Chris Hine had it. And it's just like, why why would you say that? Why wouldn't you just be like, you know, we've we've been, we've been you know, eight and three over in the last 11. We've been rolling it. It's tough sometimes to, to play the same team twice. But, you know, for us, it gives us a good uh, preview of what a playoff basketball, like yeah. just spin it in another way. Don't, don't say that the team that lost – the Rockets that hadn't won since the day I put away my Christmas tree had the advantage. They suck. <laughs> like, it's 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 a weird way to set up an excuse. I don't yeah, know if he was yeah. doing it consciously or subconsciously, but he's he's like setting up an excuse for if they lose. Mm-hmm. And if that's where his head is at, and I get like to his credit or not to his credit, but like in fairness to him, they have lost six games to the worst teams in the NBA this year: Pistons, Rockets, but. Um, so, so he's probably kind of expecting it to happen. But if that's where you're at, dude, I. But then, like, Quinn Snyder's I, I, available. Like, I don't may, know what to tell maybe you. Maybe someone listening to this does coach something. Like, I've coached before. I'm coaching Special Olympics basketball now, which is different. But it's like, if 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 you kept running into the same thing, you're like, okay, we lose to the Pistons every time. We play terrible against the Rockets. Like, maybe don't have breakfast. <laughs> like, maybe everyone walks from the hotel to like try something that like you're the coach. Maybe try something that takes everyone out of their pregame routine. No one gets naps the next time we play the Rockets. Like, change it up because to build in these excuses, he said after the game, he's like, we're capable of beating anyone and losing to anyone. Well, I like 
that transparency, but also you're the guy. You got to prevent the floor from breaking down. So does it? It doesn't feel like he has full control over this thing. To me, it feels like he's a little bit along for the ride. And I get it. He, what he's attempting to do is really hard. And to mm-hmm. bring it back to this Lakers thing, um, you know, one of the one of the episodes was about the end of the Showtime run and Pat mm-hmm. Riley's last year, and even the Godfather Pat Riley, multiple championships, his career has exploded just with the Lakers, right? Even he was saying how sometimes you just get like a few years in, five, six, seven years in, and I he goes, I felt like I was losing the room. It was like I was talking and doing the same things or trying different things, and I could feel them pulling away from me, mm-hmm. is what he said. It it feel I don't know if the Wolves are pulling away from Finch, but it definitely feels like we are now, what, 50 games into this thing, and he has a vision for how this thing is supposed to work on a nightly basis, the energy and the effort and the rebounding yep. and everything. And the fact that they aren't living up to his vision of what he thinks they should be doing is an indictment. It's You either have a bunch of dudes that should be gone from the roster because they just apparently don't take yeah. pride in their professional work, mm-hmm. uh, or you are doing a bad job as a leader, getting them, to, holding them accountable and getting them to play up to a certain bar. And, you know, I, I'm just being honest. Like, I am biased because I've talked to Finch. I've hung out with Finch. Like, he is very likable, and I like your yeah. oh, offensive coordinator analogy. Like, he is he is a smart – I mean, he does some dumb things in games. Everyone does. Like, Spolstra, Kerr, like, Steve Kerr did something really dumb the other night and kind of lost in the game. It's Steve Kerr. He has a bunch of rings. Um, but I just – yeah, I don't – you know, after the Rockets win on Saturday, Ant went out of his way to be like, yeah, Finchie and I, like – we butt heads, but he is my guy. Like he told me to, you know, if I want to be that guy, I got to be on ball in late game situations to shut down their guy and then go score. Like yeah. I know him and fit. I mean, that's what, that's what I'm juggling. I'm really kind of therapeutically talking to you about it. Like if, if that's Ant's guy and you and I sometimes think Ant's, this is Ant's team. Well, it's like, well, then you got to give him a longer leash. But in the same vein, it's like, if you come out and at five thirty you know, your guys are just going to have another letdown. And we're all like, yo, just flags like this is this is the Rockets again for the love of God beat them one more time and you can't do it I mean that's not nothing everything you said is right it's just I don't I don't know where to go with it yet and I also don't know another tangent but like I would like to see Chris Finch before he is axed do everything he wants to do like his way he is now coached I think what 49 they're 24 and 25 40 of those games have been without a backup point guard yeah I would love to see Chris Finch at least coach Jordan McLaughlin again until we'd get rid of him, but he just, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if those aren't excuses because I think this is the worst year he's had coaching the team since he took over, but it's also mixed with the most expectations. So are those two correlated? I don't know. Yeah. But it's been frustrating for sure. Well, so that was a good, right. I feel, I feel good for you. You look happier. You look brighter. I you just had to really get that off, off my chest. chest. I don't, I, I'm not a big like call for people's heads guy, mm-hmm. but, and I'm not even doing that here. I just, you're at, at some point, you get you have a vision for what you expect and and they're not living up to it so either Wait. it's an unfair expectation of a group that's not capable or you are doing a bad job of leading them that's when, when, my big chris finch case study is that when he took over he was given the reins to just kind of do whatever he wants an experiment and there was a time where he sat anthony edwards in the fourth quarter and ant was pissed and it might have changed his career trajectory. Like, credit yeah. Finch. Last night, Jalen Noel, for the most part, was terrible. And he gets a longer leash sometimes than, like, D'Angelo Russell does. 
who I think gives you more than Jalen. So last night, it's like, if Jalen is just not doing it, I don't know, man, just ask Luca Garza to bring the ball up or something. Like, Wendell Moore's on the bench. You call them up from Iowa, like, throw him into the fire. It's Point Garza. Easy. Let's make it happen. Point these Luca. Weird, these weird decisions. The Jalen Noel stuff last night was really bad, and it's just like you got to pull the trigger on that sooner or notice little in-game things. You yeah. can't just be like you said. You can't just be like, well, whatever. We never play up to bad teams. We're just going to lose this one. It's like, no, dude, try little things. Call little timeouts. Like, make one possession more important than others just to try to, like, grind out wins and figure out these margins. So, I don't know. I'm with you, though. I'm with you. It's been a frustrating year for him, for sure. Yeah. What, uh, okay, what did Zach Lowe say about D-Lo? Uh, there, Zach Lowe had uh, Bobby Marks on, I think, recently. And they were just talking about they're, – they're kind of in trade speculation season. So is Chris Haynes and Mark Stein and all these guys. But uh, the – the vibe you kind of get, and it does link up with what his play has been. Um, every national person doesn't sound like they think the Wolves will trade D'Angelo Russell prior, hmm. prior to the deadline. Um, and as we've talked ad nauseum here, like that means that's that's okay. He's not the only reason this team is struggling. Like, but it does. For no better way, kick the can down the road a little bit in terms of like, okay, so then you're going to play it out, and then this summer you're either going to have to pay him or do a sign-and-trade. Sign-and-trades happen all the time. It is beneficial to the player. Um, But I I think that was interesting because Zach Lowe is really plugged in, obviously, and knows a lot. And for them to not be looking at that path is just, I don't know. Again, it's like, okay, that's cool. D'Lo can be the point guard for the next 30 games, but... You like they they can woge bomb us right now and say that we've decided to pay D'Angelo Russell four years, one hundred and fifty million. Like they can pay him today on the off day, but they haven't. They didn't do it in the summer and they didn't do it in the fall. So it's like there's no better way to say it. Felt like they're kicking the can down the road if they don't do something with him by the ninth. And he wouldn't. It, it kind of depends on where the landing spots are, right? If the if the team that he ultimately wants to sign with has cap space. Mm-hmm then he doesn't have to do the Wolves any sort of favor. Right, yep. But if the team that he wants to sign with doesn't have cap space and would have to trade for him to make it happen and absorb, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. kick a contract back, um, so you're kind of at the mercy of the the options for D'Lo and mm-hmm. you know, teams with cap space if you get into the offseason. And, and you would still free up some extra cap space, but you wouldn't take advantage of the full $30 million um, chunk that is his contract. Is is there another? Are they maybe also trying to figure out? Because it it feels like Ant and D'Lo they've they've been oil and water a lot throughout the last two or three years, and even this year, like when they're on the court together, overall over the fifty games that they've played, they are a minus two uh, net points per one hundred possessions. But it, and I'm just this is just my own like eye test. It I know feels like this, there's yeah. a little more chemistry with those guys on the court together recently. I'm it's just, kind of interesting. <laughs> Again, I am not one. I'm not in the D'Lo like fan club group chat, but I think he's been really good. Like these last two weeks when they're what eight and three, eight and four since their players only meeting. Like they lost to the Rockets last night and looked abysmal and should be embarrassed and bad franchise and bad bad dog. He had 30 on 6 of 12 shooting from 3. If you thought the Rockets' loss was bad, take D'Lo out of it and put, I guess, Jalen Noel next to him. They probably lose to the Rockets by 25. And, like, you go back and look, and he has been, you know, Kyle Anderson playing the point a little more has helped D'Lo. He's always said, I am not your average point guard. I'm not really your average two guard. I am a combo guard. Um, 
But I will say him, he has shown no animosity or no um, difficulty deferring to Ant late in games. By all accounts, behind the scenes, he's been okay being subbed out for defensive possessions. Um, and he, again, I just, I worry. Like last night, you look at the box score and everyone else pretty much was bad other than Ant, who was 31 on 9 of 20 shooting. Like, yeah. they needed another guy to kind of outduel the Rockets, and he showed up, and he's been good. Your your point about them being, like, minus two together collectively this season, I we're not doing it in real time, but, like, I wonder what their two-man lineup is since, like, the first of the year. Yeah. Because basically since the turn of the new year, I mean, I see him hustling more. I see him he'll, – he'll make a mistake, right? But, I don't know, man, Kyle Anderson has made some egregious turnovers these last couple of days, and I want a statue built of him. So – we got to be consistent with how I manage my takes on these guys, but I think him and Ant, this is clearly in this stretch where, again, I think they're eight and four since the players only being like, this is the best stretch that backcourt has played. Um, and maybe that's why they're not going to, maybe they're just like, we'll just, if they don't trade D'Angelo Russell by the ninth, I am very okay with that. It just is a riskier proposition because now you have to be on good terms with them this summer, whether you sign them. Yeah. again or be like hey we need you to facilitate a sign and trade and a lot of guys do it it helps out the team it also helps out the player get more money but sometimes guys are like screw you <laughs> what would you um, get more if, if if you had two trade options one would be if you traded him in the next couple weeks would you get more if you could do a sign and trade or would you get more right now Sign and trades always get me a little weird, but I mean, I think because there's no leverage. Like you could create a bidding war right now mm-hmm. if there was one. I mean, mm-hmm. not that there's like six teams banging on the door, but usually yeah. the sign trades are tough because it's like he identifies the team he wants to play he, for. Yep, and then yep. you're basically just like, oh, okay, can we just like get anything? Yeah, <laughs> I, I have right, and that's kind of like when Kevin Durant was like, I'm going to the Brooklyn Nets. Then the Nets and the Warriors kind of had to be like, well, uh, uh. uh we'll take D'Angelo <laughs> Russell, even though everyone's like, wait a second. That doesn't fit with Steph and Clay, who at the time were like healthy and stuff. Um, but the Warriors, to their credit, were just like, no, 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 okay, that's fine. We'll take whatever you give us because then they were able to flip that for Wiggins, who helped them win a title. So, yeah, it's just if you trade them now, you have more control because you can say X, Y, and Z want them and we'll send them to Y and they'll give us this. And Dio doesn't have really any say in it. He doesn't have like a no trade clause or anything. This summer when he has more options and he's in control, it just, you know, um, opens up a can of worms but again yeah you look around and uh i think it was katie storm posted a video of jordan mclaughlin working out he didn't have a sleeve on his on his calf i have no idea about these calf injuries but i did ask a doctor friend he's like they could just be a year-long thing like they the carl well, thing dude, is, I mean, dude, just, dude josh donaldson has you know the former twins player had like six different calf surgeries and stuff it's been like a chronic problem his whole career so well because and the only reason i say that is I don't know. I'm frustrated, too. Like, I thought Carl would be back in January. Carl Anthony Towns didn't say when he was laying on the floor in Washington, I'll be back in six weeks. That's yeah. like either Woj or CAA, Carl's agency, or maybe the team. Like, this isn't a video game. Sometimes these guys are just like, yeah, I didn't tear my Achilles, but I damn near did the next best thing, and I'm going to be out a while. I'm pretty sure Carl Anthony Towns would like to play basketball again. He's not <laughs> conspiracy milking it, but yeah. So without a backup point guard, Again, that's why it puts them in a weird spot. If you lose D'Angelo Russell, who last night is helping Ant fend off the Houston Rockets? No one. So yeah. it'll be interesting. But, yeah, that was kind of the latest. I've always thought maybe they would move them because of their actions of not committing long-term. And it sounds like from a national perspective that that's not the case for now. So 
yeah. we move forward. Well, if you're interested in uh, some other great basketball, our friends at the University of St. Thomas Ooh, play yeah. basketball, Division One basketball. You can find all their games broadcast on 1500 ESPN Radio in the Twin Cities, and you can find uh, very fairly priced tickets at TommySports.com. That's TommySports.com. All right, we were going to maybe dive into the comments section, uh, but uh, looks like we're all out of time to answer all your comments about <laughs> Jalen Noel being a bust, and so we'll get to that in uh, our episodes next week at some point. Because, yeah, there is a conversation there. Shocking, we may have been wrong for the first time in our careers doing this, Kyle. I, I, uh, I believe I said that Jalen Noel would be asking for Jordan Poole money, uh, and I was wrong. So maybe he'll just be asking for like uh, inflatable pool, pool, pool boy, money. pool boy, pool boy money. money. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jalen Noel will now be paid like a pool boy and not like Jordan Poole. But yeah, he's been tough. But again, we're gonna you know the next time we do this, there might be more trade speculation. But these next two weeks, the one thing I can guarantee you is the Wolves have all their guys out scouting games. You'll see a report that at the Suns game, the Wolves have a representative. I mean, it's there. This is the busy part of the season now to try to fix a roster, or update a roster that. You know, for better parts, it's kind of broken at 24 and 25. Bones Highland. Bring in Bones Highland. Let's make this thing happen. No bones about it. Wolves acquire two guard from Denver Nuggets. (laughs) All right. He's Kyle. I'm Phil. This is your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast.